This is Truth and Focus, your radio program for worldview talk and issues that matter, with Josh Cumston and Gordon Teeson, broadcasting from the studio at Nebraska Christian Schools. Welcome to Truth and Focus. I'm Gordon Teeson, along with my co-host, Josh Cumston. On today's program, we're going to listen to a message that was taped at our Nebraska Christian Senior Retreat. Pastor Joe Malarkey, who's a youth pastor at the Monroe E. Free Church, was our guest speaker. Let's join Pastor Joe with today's message. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning, these students, this opportunity to speak your word and your message. ask that you would take away any distractions, that I would get out of the way, and uh, this message would be clear. I just pray that you would show us something from your word this morning, that your spirit would uh, enter into this midst and uh, really touch our hearts. May we be captured by your presence and your gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. We've talked about who God is, who we are in light of that, who Jesus is, what he has done. And uh, so we come to this third chapter of Colossians. In the first two, just to really wrap it up, Paul brings this case for who God is, who Christ is, and what he's done. Okay, He's giving really direct teaching about Jesus Christ. He's He's setting a foundation for who he is and what he has done. Then we come to this third chapter, and it says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you've died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. We'll stop there. Immediately, as Paul writes this next section to the Colossians, he's saying, if then you have been raised with Christ. And and again, like he did in chapter 2, he's talking to believers, people who have placed their faith and trust in Christ for salvation. So he says, if you've been raised with Christ, showing the union that we have as believers with the resurrection of Christ, if you've been raised with Christ, here is what you are to do. Seek the things that are above. Now, does that mean we're just supposed to look at the sun all day? The sun's, Anybody ever do the sun stare? Yes, the sun stare, okay? It's like I got six. You stare at the sun for as long as you can. It's like one, two, three, four, five, six. Ah, oh, my eyes, I got six in the sun stare, okay? No, he's not talking about that. He says, seek the things which are above. I've got, my mind is all over the place when I talk about that. Sorry. Seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. I tell students that I interact with who seem to come to me with troubles or or trials in their life, I said, set your mind on eternal things. Think about things that matter for eternity. Set your mind on things above. Be preaching the gospel to yourself. Know who you are, your position in Christ. That you are saved and you are secure in Christ. Set your mind on things above, not on things that are on the earth. I don't know about you, but I think a lot of times stuff happens that gets us off track. I mean, it it could be a family issue, it could be a school issue, it could be a sports issue, but the enemy is going to try to use things, uh, all of our circumstances around us, to try to get us off track, to try to, uh, to, to get us away from walking with Christ. 
And Paul here to the Colossians says, in the midst of all that, you see, they were going through a lot of stuff. Persecution, uh, people didn't like Christians, not that they like them really now, but especially back then. Um, like it, was, it was hard to stand for Christ then, just like it is hard as a teenager to stand for Christ now. Amidst all that, in the midst of all of that, he says, set your mind on things above, not on things in there. Don't let those situations, those circumstances, steal the joy that you have in Christ. You see, because Jesus Christ is the only one who can ultimately satisfy everything we will ever need. He is the only one that will never, ever let us down. And in Christ, we have found the greatest satisfaction imaginable. Set your mind on that. Don't let your circumstances, don't let the situation that you're in, the trials that you may be going through, don't let that detract from who you are in Christ. Why? Because your life is hidden with Christ in God. He says, you died. Now you may be thinking, nope, not dead. You died to sin. You died to its power. That union with Christ in His death, you share in that. You died. That old self is dead. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. I I, I cannot stress this enough. The most secure place for you to be is right with Jesus Christ. When Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. See, you are going to share in the the glory that Christ comes with. You are co-heirs. You are going to inherit everything that is promised to the children of God. You've been adopted into the family. And with that comes all the rights and privileges of sons and daughters of God. You see, you're not on the outside looking in any longer. You're on the inside sharing in all of the inheritance that has been promised. So, set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. What does that look like? What does that look like? How do you do that? I mean, that sounds really good, doesn't it? Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, your life is hidden in Christ and God. Right? It sounds really good, but how do you do it? Paul gives us Some instruction. He says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual morality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth, Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all in all. It says put to death. This is not an option, students. For those who have been raised with Christ, those who belong to Jesus Christ, he tells you this is a command, put to death. Kill what is fleshly and evil inside of you. While it does not have power over you, you still choose to do these things. And when I say, when I'm talking to you, I'm talking to me, all right? I still choose to do these things. Sexual morality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. 
You know, I think a big one probably for us in here is idolatry. Idolatry. Loving something more than we love Jesus. You see, that, that, that becomes an object of our worship. You know, we start to devote the majority of our time, the majority of our talents, the majority of our resources to this one thing. Maybe it could even be said of us that we live for fill in the blank. And if it's not Jesus, that thing is an idol. Idolatry. Look through this list. Anger. Wrath. Malice. Slander. Obscene talk from your mouth. Lying. You know, as I, as, I, as I read through this list, it doesn't make me feel very good. Because I can go through this and check, yep, 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 yep. And Paul says, put it to death, kill it, mortify it. That old self has died. It is, it is shared in the death of Christ. Now you choose to put it to death. Don't give it any power over you any longer. As a, as, a, as a believer in Christ, as one who belongs to Jesus, you are this new creation. You are brand new. The old self has died and you are new. Don't give in to evil. Don't give in to sin. And here's what he says. He says, this is the way you lived before you came to Christ. The wrath of God is coming on account of these things in which you too once walked. This is how you and I lived. We lived in anger, wrath, malice, obscene talk, lying. We lived in sexual immorality, passion, uh, impurity, evil desire, idolatry, coveting. This is how we lived. This is what consumed us before we became this new creation in Christ. Now that we're this new creation, it's all supposed to be put to death. And see, this is an action. This is an action. This isn't something that you can just sit by and hope and pray that it happens one day. No, you have to choose on a moment-by-moment -moment basis that you are not going to give in to the temptations that you're faced with. You are not going to give in to the evil that is surrounding you. Put it to death. Whenever you see something of, of, of taking off, there's always a replacement in Scripture. Take off the old and put on the new. And so what we do when we put these things to death, we take them off, we get rid of them, we flush them from our lives, and now we replace them. And here's what we replace them with. Put on then, in verse 12, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, Kindness, humility, meekness, patience. Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgive each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. 
So we get rid of all this stuff, this junk. We put it to death. We say, I no longer want to have a part in that. I am a new creation. You take that stand. And then, it says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, which is, which is, I love this, and I didn't catch this until just recently. He says, I want you to put these things on, but these things, listen, students, you're already holy. You're already beloved by God. These things aren't going to change that. You belong to Christ. You have all the acceptance you need, but... As you belong to Christ, God has called us to look different than the world. He has called us to walk worthy of the calling that is Jesus Christ. And here's how you do that. You put on compassionate hearts and kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Basically what he's saying is don't think of yourself higher than you ought to think. I don't know about you. I used to think I was pretty cool. All right? I mean, come on. I, no, you looking back, I wasn't cool. I mean, come on, I went to school and had a job and paid car insurance. That was my life as a teenager. Oh, yeah, you played some sports here or there, but, you know, I'll tell you what, you go off to college and I'm surrounded by people who don't know me, do they think I'm pretty cool? They don't know me. The more and more we exemplify the life of Christ by putting others ahead of ourselves, the easier and easier this becomes. Humility. Compassion. When we reach out to those specifically who are in need, we are showing the love of Christ. This is what it means to put these things on. And it talks about love being the unifying factor in this whole passage. That if you love God and you love others, you're fulfilling the two great commandments. You love God, you love others, and by loving others, you put them ahead of you. Their wants, their needs, you make sure that they come first. It's humility. It's not thinking less of yourself, it's just thinking of yourself less. I don't know about you, but I, I struggle with this. When I feel I'm wronged, I struggle with this. Well, that's not fair to me. That's not fair. Why do they get to do this? I don't know about you, but I have this struggle. You know how to clear up that struggle? You think about a Christ being perfect, who knew no sin, became sin for us, took our place, became our substitute, and immediately that struggle goes away because if we're going to talk about fair... What I deserve is separation from God, and yet God, who is rich in grace and mercy, made me alive. He says, as brothers and sisters in Christ, love should be the unifying factor, and we should be bound together in harmony. I am not musical. I'm not. But I know that, like, a harmony sounds good with a melody, okay? It's supposed to, like, sound really nice and enhance it's supposed to bring more to the song if you, if you sing the harmony along with it, okay? It's supposed to enhance this. And this is the idea that is given here. Our lives, as we work together, unified by love, walking worthy of the calling that we've been called to, we enhance the atmosphere around us. We enhance each other because the Spirit is powerfully working and living within each one of us. 
This is what he means when he says, let the word of Christ dwell in you. You see, you can't let the word of Christ dwell in you if you don't read it. This is, this is God's written word. This is how he communicates to us. And if we let this dwell within us, if we let this capture our hearts and saturate our lives, our lives will look vastly different. Because we won't live by what the world says we should live by. We won't live up to their standards. Our standard is higher. It is better. It is God's standard. It is found in this book where we're told to be compassionate and humble and meek and gentle and patient and loving. He says, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Anybody ever have a bad day? Anybody ever had a bad day? Okay. Surefire remedy for a bad day? Be thankful. Be thankful. Now, of course, that's not our first thought. Our first thought is to grumble and complain, right? Grumble, 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 and complain. Okay? That's what we do. My wife, when she catches me grumbling and complaining, she says, hey, what are you thankful for? And I'm like, ah, stop that. That hurts. <laughs> because it makes me understand, hey, what I'm doing is wrong. Complaining, grumbling, moaning. Philippians 2.14 says, Do all things without complaining and grumbling. Why? So you can be blameless children of God in a crooked and perverse world. The opposite of that grumbling is thankfulness. How many of you guys got out of bed this morning? You all got out of bed. It may not have been the first time, okay? How many of you guys are breathing air? These are things to be thankful for. You can run, you can jump, you can play instruments, you can sing. You have friends, hopefully. You have friends. <laughs> you have this school that cares about your spiritual walk with Christ. Students, you have so much to be thankful for. A mark of a believer in Christ is going to be thankfulness. Now listen, we've been called to this high calling and we've been asked to place our faith and trust in Christ. And when we talk about that word faith, here's what you need to know. Faith is not just blindly believing something. No, it is a solid, rock-solid conviction that you have confidence in a person, thing, or event. You know what our faith is grounded in as Christians? It's grounded in the person of Jesus Christ and the work He did on our behalf on the cross for us. That's what we place our faith in. We have rock-solid confidence in that. But you see, faith doesn't stop there. Faith leads to action. Faith leads to a changed life. Our faith in Christ must result in a changed life. Because if we say we follow Jesus, we believe in Jesus, He is our Savior, and yet we don't look any different than the world, there's no proof that God has really entered into our lives, that He has captured our hearts and he has, he has brought us from death to life. You see, there is a change that takes place. Faith means action. You are going to act on something that you really believe. What is that next step? What does that action look like for you? You know, we've talked about who God is. 
We've talked about who we are. We've talked about who Jesus is and what he's done. And now we've talked about a put off and a put on. And, and trust me, this isn't comprehensive, what I just read, what I just told you. It's not comprehensive of a Christian. There's more to it. But you see, it's a starting point. And it's what Paul wanted to express to these Colossian believers. Don't look like the world. You are supposed to be different. For some of you, you're like, thank you. Okay, it's okay to be different. But for some of you, it's time to stand up. It's time to take that stand for Christ. It's time to look different from the world. You see, as these new creations, as these believers in Christ, we are eternally secure. But get, but get this. We stick out. Christ took our place on the cross, and so now we take His place here on earth. We live in such a way that's going to be pleasing to the Father. And, he, and Jesus showed us how. Jesus showed us how to live a life that is pleasing to the Father. Now, this, this journey that we're on with Christ, it's not an interstate where you go 70 miles an hour, straight line. It's more like a dirt road with bumps. You run, any runners in here? Any runners? Okay, you guys run on dirt roads, gravel roads. You ever fall? I fall. I'm clumsy when I run. Okay, I fall. And uh, one time we were running, and it was out in the country, and I slipped on something because I'm a not, I'm clumsy. And I, I skinned up my leg, my elbow, and my wife was running with me. And she's like, do you want me to go with the car? And I'm like, you just go. And I'm bloody and all this stuff. And, and uh, she's, so she went and got the car. And I'm, Sometimes the Christian life is like that. We're going to fall. We're going to stumble. But positionally, we are so secure in Christ. That stumble, that fall, the bloody mess that we may become, it doesn't change who we are in Jesus. God, remember what I said in that, in that last session, like nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God that we have in Christ Jesus. Nothing. Not even you. You cannot separate yourself. If you really belong to Christ, if He is your Lord and Savior, nothing can separate you from that. I'm sure there are opportunities to stand for Christ even in a Christian school. I'm sure there are opportunities to be like Christ in a Christian school. I went to a Bible college, and you know I was naive enough to think that everybody that goes to a Bible college is already saved, and people were getting saved every year. They were accepting Christ every year. Uh, and it, it kind of blew my mind, like, well, why would you come to Bible college if you don't really know Christ? Because sometimes there's people that think they know Christ. They have a lot of head knowledge. They've got a lot of knowledge. They've grown up in church. They've grown up in Christian families, and they've been told the stories. They could probably even share the gospel with you very well, but the, the knowledge, it hasn't taken effect in their heart. It hasn't taken hold. Their hearts have not been captured by the gospel message, by the love that is found in Christ. And so at Bible college, we see kids getting saved. And, you know, at Bible college, there weren't people that were always, uh, hey, I love Jesus. Yes, I do. I love Jesus. How about you? There were people who did some really bad things. And yet we have opportunities as lights in this world, as salt in this world, to, to take that stand. God has placed us on a mission. I don't know about you, but I like missions, Okay. And when I, when I talk about mission, I think like I have something I have to do and God has given me the mission to work with students, to be a youth pastor, 
to train them, to show them by example what it's like to love Christ. You know, I can tell you and tell you and tell you what it's like to love Christ, but if I show you, it's going to be infinitely more effective. The same goes for you, the people you're around. You're around certain groups of people. You have been placed where you've been placed for a specific reason because God wants to work through you. And as you live this life for Christ, you are going to have an impact. The question is, what kind of impact are you going to have? One that's going to be pleasing to God, that's going to show the world who Christ is? Or is the impact going to be just going with the flow? Doing what you've always done because that's the easy road. Following Christ isn't necessarily easy, but it's always best. Because He has done so much for us, how can we not adopt this Romans 12 attitude that says, be a living sacrifice. Everything that you are and everything you do should be for the glory of God. Now, I'm not saying that all of you have to be pastors, missionaries. I'm not saying that. You can be a basketball player, a musician, a teacher for the glory of God. God has specifically designed you and gifted you in such a way He's wired you with talents and abilities that not everybody else has. And He wants you to use them for His purpose and for His glory. Students, I hope you grasp what you have in Christ. I hope you take hold of the security that is found in Jesus at the same time. I hope you say, with my life, I want to serve Him with everything that He's given me. Let's pray. Father, thank You for our morning, our time. I just help us to put off all of these things that identify with sin in the flesh. And help us to put on the garments of Christ. Help us to show humility, patience, love. Father, may our lives be a dedication to You. May we stand so secure in what we have in Christ that we feel like we can conquer the world with Your mission to make disciples, to be a light and to be salt May we not shrink back and hide, but Father, may we advance Your kingdom. May You use us specifically as instruments, as tools. Father, there is no greater joy than serving You and one day hearing, well done, good and faithful servant. Father, I just ask that You would work in the hearts of these students that Your Spirit would speak to each one of them. Lord, we're thankful. And help us to be even more thankful for all the many blessings that You give us. You've already given us, given us every spiritual blessing in Christ. And Father, You're a good Father and You want to give gifts. Help us to be the people, the students, You've called us to be. Help us to live for You and You alone. Because of Christ and what He's done on our behalf, we pray these things in Jesus' name.
Amen. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Joe Malarkey. He's the youth pastor at the Monroe Evangelical Free Church. And this was a message that was given to our seniors at Nebraska Christian Schools. The mission of Nebraska Christian Schools is to empower students for a life of enduring commitment to Christ, biblical fidelity, moral integrity, intellectual growth, and a lasting contribution to the kingdom of God. Well, this wraps up the program today. You've been listening to Truth and Focus. For my co-host, Josh Cumston, this is Gordon Thiessen. Thanks for joining us as we encourage, engage, and equip Christians in today's culture war while bringing the truth in focus. Music